Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. Welcome to Trinity. It's the second Sunday after Pentecost. So glad you are here. There are kids in the house. We've got some baptisms coming up this morning. Should be an absolutely wonderful morning. We're glad that you are here. Um, have some wonderful music. Rob and Dinah are going to share with us after a while. And so, welcome. Welcome to Trinity. We're going to start with a song that uh, is sort of that radical call to welcome. Who is welcome? How do we know? And uh, that we're not called to turn anyone away, but welcome everyone into this space. So we're glad you're here at Trinity this morning. Welcome to church. Why aren't his feet 
morning. Thank you, uh, thank you to our wonderful musicians. Thank you for calling us to worship this morning. Thank you for serving us every week. Thank you for being here this morning. We have so much to celebrate today. And a greeting to all those online, online. We've heard from many of you between the 8 o'clock service and now. And it's a reminder that we're, we're a part of the community, but much larger community out there as well. And we're very thankful for all those who are part of our Trinity family from other parts of the island and other parts of the country as well. Uh, the order of service is printed before you in the bulletin. Everything will be projected for you today. Uh, we have a uh, really beautiful service this morning, and we're here because we believe that God has a word for us. If it's comfortable for you, I would invite you to stand. Gathered now, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our gathering hymn is a word we can't speak too often. Mine is the church, where everybody's welcome.
continue with the litany, a responsive reading for this second Sunday after Pentecost. This is the day that the Lord has made. We come to God's house. We come somewhat whole. We come believing and doubting at the same time. Everyone really? Gay and straight? Either all are welcome. No room for boasting. We are all just looking for a little grace. Come and see Jesus. Our hymn of praise leading us towards baptism. Come and see. Open our hearts and minds, Lord God, that our worship would be pleasing to you, that our spirits might be renewed for service in the world, that the practice of our religion would be rooted in grace, that we might become the church and the people that you desire us to be. We pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Please be seated. 
morning. Okay. This morning's gospel lesson is from the 28th chapter of Matthew. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but they doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. I first heard this song in um, 1986 when sitting in a back pew in the Othello Church of the Nazarene. And um, I shared earlier this morning at the first service that at that time I was struggling with um, some chronic back pain as well as working through some issues at work and the song just kind of brought some inexplicable peace and comfort to me. What I didn't share is my health got worse before it got better, but that song had actually, you know, reframed my, my state of mind, and to this day, it's a song that I, you know, I'll play at night, or I'll sit down at the piano and play the chords and sing, just to, you know, reframe my state of mind. The song was written as an altar call, and so it focuses on surrender, but for me, it's a song of healing. And, you know, whether issues that we're working through are spiritual in nature, emotional or physical, the healing process often begins with surrender. I'm going to invite you um, to sing the chorus with me, um, and you should pick up on it pretty quickly. We're going to do the chorus three times, so by the third time, I'm going to back out, and it's, it, it's on you. And, and the only words to the chorus are, Jesus, Jesus, come and fill your lambs. So I think you can remember that. So, and my hope, as I shared earlier this morning, is that someone here, you know, receives some peace and comfort from hearing this song. Thank you, Dinah. She reminded me. Please, while the song is being sung, either have your eyes closed or focus on the cross. Let him fill your heart 
can satisfy your soul. Oh, let him have the things that hold you and his spirit like a dove will descend upon your life and make you whole. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and
Thank you, Dinah. Thank you, Rob. That was beautiful. That was prayerful. That was healing. Thank you. We were clapping in our hearts, uh, and we thank you for that. Uh, Rob didn't want you to look at him while he was singing. He wanted you to focus on the cross or keep your eyes closed. I, on the other hand, want you to look at me. <laughs> and I want your eyes open for the next 20 minutes because I believe that Jesus has a word for us. Now, the scene unfolds somewhere in the Galilee. Jesus is just beginning his three-year ministry. He has left Nazareth. His home is in Capernaum now. Jesus had just preached his first and most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Familiar words for us. But his words were counterintuitive, or at the very least they ran against the grain of conventional wisdom. In that sermon, Jesus also said, beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases. And in that most famous sermon, Jesus also said, do not judge so that you may not be judged. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye but you do not notice the log in your own. The scene unfolds somewhere in the Galilee. Jesus has been healing the sick. Great crowds were following him, longing to be healed themselves or just trying to hold on to hope. From the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, but before I read it, I'm going to warn you that this text is going to be shocking. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew, and Jesus said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. What a mess, huh? What a scandal. What an outrage. This is going to get Jesus in trouble. Can you believe that? Shocking, huh? You're not shocked? You're not outraged? Well, of course you're not. Because I left out the outrageous part. We're going to come back to it. The second scene this morning unfolded here last Sunday. I had just preached a sermon about creation and about creation care. I had proclaimed from this very pulpit that we are not responsible for everything that happens in the world. But we are responsible for our corner of creation. We can recycle. We can use less gas. We can stop wasting food. We can eat locally grown food. We can stop using plastic bottles. And we can bring our own grocery bags when we go shopping. I stopped preaching, mercifully. And Carl started singing, beautifully. He sang the creation song. I sat down right over there, needing to quench my thirst, and it was then, as I was picking up my one-time-use plastic water bottle, <laughs> that I was reminded of my own hypocrisy. Long-time Trinity Lutheran Church member and dear friend of mine, Ron Shellman, 
came to see me a few years ago. He wanted to talk to me about the sermon that I'd given a few days earlier. He sat in my office and he said, your sermon disrupted my complacency. And for the rest of his life, Ron gave money to world hunger and disaster relief. Last week, as I lifted that water bottle to my lips, my complacency was disrupted and my hypocrisy was revealed. Plastic water bottles like this one will no longer be used on our campus. Oh, hold your applause. For now on, hold your applause till I'm done at the end. We're going to replace them in our office by more environmentally friendly versions. Disrupted complacency led to the demise of this particular hypocrisy. And I say this particular hypocrisy because it's just one of the many in my life. Hypocrisy is the opposite of authenticity. And hypocrisy, hypocrisy has always been the greatest threat to the church. The Jesus movement, Christianity, has endured various forms of persecution for centuries. But the greatest threat to the Jesus movement has always been the hypocritical behavior of Christians. Now, Jesus did not tolerate hypocrisy very well. Now, unlike common everyday sinners, common everyday sinners, you should know, that was a different story. Sinners did not bother Jesus in the least. He had compassion for them. He offered them words of hope. He believed that they could change and enjoy a more abundant life. Jesus offered sinners forgiveness and a new beginning. Sinners didn't bother Jesus. It was the hypocrites that bothered Jesus. Self-righteous religious hypocrites made his blood boil. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said, beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at banquets. And they devour widows' houses and for show make lengthy prayers. Your sermon disrupted my complacency. Let's go back to our gospel text. Matthew 9, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew, and Jesus said to him, follow me, and Matthew got up and followed him. Now, here it comes, the rest of the story, this time unedited, be prepared to be outraged. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collection station. And Jesus said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. That evening, as Jesus sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Matthew was a tax collector. 2,000 years later, the context mostly escapes us. 
The harsh realities of those words are blurred by the passing centuries and by the changing culture. But make no mistake about it, tax collectors were collaborators. And when I say collaborators, I mean in the worst possible way. They were collaborators with the empire. They had sold out to Rome or to Herod. They squeezed and cheated their friends and neighbors in order to feather their own nest. They were despised. They oppressed their neighbors for money. They were loathed. Jesus invited Matthew to leave the tax booth and to follow him. Bad optics, Jesus. Bad optics. Not a good way to start a movement, Jesus. This is a marketing nightmare. And then Jesus had the nerve, he had the nerve to sit with and to share a meal with Matthew and other despicable traitors. You know, there's something intimate about sharing a meal, is there not? And the self-righteous religious people, when they saw this, they were outraged, they were enraged, they were spitting tax mad, they were desperate to protect their positions by setting them apart, themselves apart from sinners. They desired to keep Judaism pure and undefiled. They wanted to protect God from undesirables like those who Jesus was dining with. Protect God? Really? Is that a thing? Is that something we're capable of? Does God need our protection? Or could it be that protecting God is really only a guy's to protect one's own position or ego. Oh Lord, I give you thanks that I'm not as bad as them. Remember now, sinners didn't bother Jesus. It was the self-righteous religious people that made him mad. Jesus responded to their grumbling by reminding them of a quote from the Old Testament about God. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. Jesus said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And as he did so, he filled the wine glass of the tax collectors, the lepers, and the prostitutes, much to the chagrin of those who sat in judgment of Jesus and the company that he kept. That's the story, the gospel of the Lord. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. Mercy, not sacrifice. Parties for prodigals, new beginnings for hated collaborators. Mercy, not sacrifice. Now we must remember in Jesus' day, Jewish religious life was ordered by sacrifice. Sacrificing at the temple in Jerusalem was big business. The religious people profited from those sacrifices and from the pilgrims who came to offer them. And the priests relied on those sacrifices. Mercy, not sacrifice. This was a threat to the established order. Now, the church should not be defined by its ritual practice. Rather, it should be marked by ridiculous grace, unbounded welcome, a place at the table for the outsider, the foreigner, the refugee, the lost, the least, and the forgotten. And here is the beauty of it all, my friends. This mercy, this grace cannot be earned. You don't have to achieve anything. You don't have to become a poor beggar to receive God's favor. Why? Because that is what we are already. We are lost. We are broken. 
we are insecure. And every family is complicated. And every marriage is fractured. And every person is a hypocrite. We are fearful children hoping not to be unmasked. And this morning, God disrupts our complacency, saying, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So don't try to impress me. Don't try to impress me with your hymns. Don't try to impress me with your prayers or your carefully crafted theologies. I don't want to hear your self-righteous opinions on the environment as you sip from your one-time use water bottle and as you reside in a house that's much too big for you and as you drive down Highway 525 all by yourself and as you get on airplanes to far-flung lands to entertain yourself. Drop the self-righteous hypocrisy and then maybe we can get somewhere. Be honest about who you are Remembering, always remembering, that God has a soft spot for sinners like me. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. The church, we have too many rules. Jesus was not big on rules. Philip baptized an Ethiopian eunuch. Peter baptized an un. Roman centurion in his own house who had not even taken a new members class. And Paul hung out with unclean, uncircumcised Gentiles like us. We have too many rules when in fact all we need to do is to be honest about who we are and to love every bum, alien, Democrat, and Republican that Jesus drags in the door. What rules should we have? Conformity of thought? No. No coffee in the sanctuary? No. A dress code? Hmm. There once was a man. That's a cue for you that I'm about to tell a story. There once was a man, yes, there once was a man dressed in his very best, and he was hurrying, he was hurrying to get to, get to a magnificent party at the home of the richest man in town. And as he was moving along the road, he saw a rabbi working still in the field. And he cried out to him. He goes, teacher, teacher, you must hurry. The banquet has already begun. You're going to be late. The teacher looked at his watch. He had lost track of time. He said to himself, there's no room for delay. If I take time to go home and change my clothes, I could miss the entire dinner. So instead of returning to his home, the teacher proceeded in his work clothes, to the party of the rich man. And when he arrived, the servants at the door refused to admit him to the party because he was not dressed properly. And so he protested. And he protested. After all, he had been invited by the rich man. But the servants held firm. He was not entering. So finally, the teacher walked to the home of a friend who lived nearby. He knocked on the door, and he asked his friend, Might you have a jacket that I could wear? But it will have to be your most beautiful jacket, for I'm going to a very fancy party. And so his friend obliged him and gave him a beautiful jacket. How do I look now? And so the teacher walked, and he came this time once again to the rich man's house. He came to the door, and he was immediately welcomed, and he was seated at the banquet table. And when the food was served, 
the teacher began to put it on his coat. He smeared mustard <laughs> all over his jacket. He put hummus in one pocket, and he poured a glass of wine in the other. And all the time, he spoke loudly, saying, Eat! Eat, dear dinner jacket, eat! I hope that you are enjoying this meal and the party. And all the guests were outraged by this strange behavior. Hearing the commotion, the rich man came over to the table and said, What is wrong with you? Why are you telling your jacket to enjoy the meal? The teacher replied, when I arrived in my work clothes, I was refused entrance. It was only when I was accompanied by my fine jacket that I was allowed to enter the party. So naturally, naturally I assumed that it was the jacket, not me, that was invited to the party. And now you know why I wore a yellow shirt today. What kind of church are we? And what kind of church do we want to be? What rules should we have? I'll tell you, I want to belong to a church with no rules. No secret handshakes. No background checks. The church should not be a society of achievers. So let's do away with pretense and pedigree and mask. What standards should we have? We have no standards. After all, we let you in. And our pastor is a hypocrite. <laughs> Mine is the church where everybody's welcome. I know it's true because I got through the door. You see, in the church, in God's church, either all are welcome or all will be excluded. So is it good? To be lost, last, broken, and forgotten? No. It's just inescapable. It is part and parcel of the being human. And I'll tell you right now, if you are not lost or broken or depressed or forgotten right now, well, just be patient. Because <laughs> there's no cure for being human. So is this good news or bad news? Well, it's the truth. And do you understand how freeing this could be? Can you see that this is really good news? That this is a place where real people with real problems gather? This is a sanctuary for losers like us. We don't have to have our acts together. In this place, it's really just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. But we are not without hope. And we are not alone. And we are not simply rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. No, we are making a difference in the community. We're making a difference in the world. We're journeying together, and we are better together. Jesus had no problems with sinners. Every sinner was welcome at the table, and in the end, that got Jesus in a whole lot of trouble. Every sinner is welcome, and that offended the delusional, self-righteous religious folks. So listen now to the words of a reformed hypocrite, the Apostle Paul. While we were still weak, Christ died for the ungodly. 
God proves his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus called the tax collector to join his band of merry mischief makers. Matthew would become one of his disciples. That means you too can follow Jesus. No one's keeping score here. No one's judging you here. We're all hypocrites. We have parties for people, not coats. We're all broken. So let's be honest about that. And then let us do our best to live for truth. Let us live our lives in response to the one who invited us to follow. Amen. Can we remain seated? When it's all been said and done There is just one thing that matters Did I do my best to live for truth? Did I live my life for you? When it's all been said and done treasure will mean nothing only what I've done for love's reward will stand the test of time Lord your mercy is so great that you look beyond our weakness and find purest gold in miry clay making sinners into saints I will always sing your and ever after for you've shown me heavens my true home when it's all been said and done you're my life when life is When it's all been said and done There is just one thing that matters Did I do my best to live for truth? Did I live my life 
You may remain seated as we lift our hearts to God in prayer. We uh, have sung petitions and sung responses. We'll begin with our response as we prepare our hearts for prayer. Hear my cry, O God. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. Listen to my song. Singing praises all alone. I call on you again, for you have called me friend. You have called me friend, so I call on you once again. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. Listen to my song. Singing praises all With a weary heart, I feel so far apart, feel so far apart with a weary, weary heart. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer, listen to my song, singing praises all cry, O God. Hear our cry of peace, peace at home, peace in our local and national discourse, peace in this weary world. Hear the cry of the people of many places suffering from war and natural disasters. Hear our cry as we pray for those who are ill and dying. Give comfort and strength to them and to those who care for them. Hear our cry as we pause to breathe and gather strength for the journey. Let us lean into listening to the voices of those the world or we have cast aside, for you have called them good. Let us listen for those voices our privilege often keeps us from actually hearing as we strive to be the body of Christ and follow where you lead. Keep us in your heart, O God, as we sing. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. Listen to my song. Singing praises all along. Here again, my love. I will serve you now. I will serve you now, 
ask the baptismal party to come on up. Did not compete with me a lot during the sermon. Appreciate that. So Hudson James is going to be baptized and Ava Grace. And as they're coming up, why don't you come up? Let's get the ones to be baptized on each side. Family, come on up behind. Uh, Yeah. Got the name right. So first of all, I, I just want to show you a picture, uh, May 26, 1991. That's me on the left. You've been hard on me. Um, that's in the little church by the highway, and that's this baptismal bowl, this ancient ba- ba- baptismal bowl that was in our previous font, and that's when uh, Mother Emily was baptized here in the parish in uh, May of... Uh, 1991, and then we go to the next one. It was a long time in our family without a baptism, and this was in December, December of 2016, when Camden uh, was baptized right here at this baptismal font. And then we go a couple years later, and this is when this one, Cooper, was baptized right here at the baptismal font as, as they are today. And then what family would be complete without a COVID baptism? So Brooks was baptized, uh, Brooks right here was baptized uh, during COVID, so that was a private family affair as there was water, water everywhere to remind Brooks of uh, his baptism as well. And this is Hudson James, and he's going to be baptized today, and this is Ava Grace, and she's going to be baptized today as well. A variety of family members and sponsors, and uh, you're welcome to come in as close as you want to be able to see. Come on in. Come on in. Get close. And if we have any other children who want to come down, you're welcome to come down and be down front with us here. Listen to these words now, these words about baptism. In baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father frees us from sin and death by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are born children of a fallen humanity. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are reborn children of God and made members of the church, the body of Christ. Living with Christ in the communion of saints, we grow in faith, love, and obedience to the will of God. So we practiced a little bit ahead of time because I never want want children to be afraid when they're brought up here that they know this is just water and not uh, something different. So I would ask now parents and sponsors, uh, parents and sponsors, is it your desire? There you go, tell one of those. Is it your desire to have your children baptized? If so, answer, it is. So what we're talking about here for parents and sponsors and the congregation is a partnership. It's about intention. It's about the parents intending to raise their 
children in the church, and it's about a congregation that's welcoming these children into the life of the congregation. So I'd like you to listen carefully to these vows. Um, these are the vows you're asked. As you bring your children to receive the sacrament of, of baptism, you are entrusted with these responsibilities, to live with them among God's faithful people, to bring them to the Word of God and the Holy Supper, to teach them the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments, to place in their hands the Holy Scriptures, to nurture them in faith and prayer so that your children may learn to trust God, proclaim Christ through word and deed, care for others in the world that God made, and work for justice and peace. I ask all who are here present, do you promise to help these children and all of our children to grow in the Christian faith and life? If so, answer, I do. And a word to the booth, we're going to skip the creed because uh, we've got, uh, you know, moving kids up here. So, <laughs> so now, um, Camden, will you come down and help me? So take this, and I want you to pour that in here. We're going to share Martin Luther's flood prayer. And this reminds us of the place of water from creation to baptism. Uh, and uh, so you're going to pour that in nice and slow. Go ahead. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family, and through the sea you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river Jordan your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By the baptism of Jesus' death and resurrection you set us free from the power of of sin and death and raise us up to new life in you. Pour out your Holy Spirit now, the power of your living word, so that those who are washed in the waters of baptism may be given new life. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. Okay, we're working on it. We're working on it. So this is just water. This is just water that came down from heaven. It's just water. It's just water that came up through the sink in the back room. It's not magical. And by this water, God reminds you every day that you are loved, that you are forgiven, and that you're never alone. So every time you take a drink from a non-one-use water bottle, uh, every time you take a drink of water, every time you brush your teeth, every time you run in the rain, every time you get in the swimming pool, you're reminded that God loves you. And that's why God uses water, bread, and wine to remind us of that. So I think you're ready. That's my sense. And we're going to start with Hudson James. And, and he's going to be baptized um, partially out of this bowl where his mom was baptized and his brother as well. Hudson James, you are a child of God. You are loved by this congregation and by God. And we baptize now, we baptize you into the Christian faith in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, and now we're going to bring Ava over here by the water. You want to hold these for me? Okay, stand right down here. Okay, Ava. Don't, 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 don't. You can break it. Ava Grace, come on over. You're going to sit right here. Ava, you know what that water is, right? Yeah. 
Ava Grace, we are baptizing you now into this congregation and into the Christian faith in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You want to do it to me? Amen. And everyone said, Amen. 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 <laughs> and now I'd ask uh, the congregation to hold your hand up. Parents, sponsors, if you can get a hand on a child, do that. If not, just hold your hand up. We give you thanks, O God, that through this water and the Holy Spirit, you give your daughter and son new birth. Cleanse them from sin and raise them to eternal life. Sustain them with the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Hudson James, you're a child of God, sealed by the cross of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Ava Grace, you're a child of God, sealed by the cross and the Holy Spirit, forever. And boys, let's have the baptismal candles. You have this one? Okay. So we have baptismal candles with your baptismal birth date on those. And the idea is that you would light these every year on your baptismal birthday, June 11. Look at pictures from this day and remember uh, this day. And I'm going to give this to the godparents. Chase, there you go, and Morgan, and to Kelsey. And the idea is that your lights would so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In addition, the women of the church have made you quilts for the kids. The quilts are part of the story of this day. And so the quilts are, are in the kids' rooms. And uh, they are reminded every time they come under this quilt of this day and remembering their baptism. Now I'd ask congregation to stand up. And I ask you, is it your desire to make room for these little ones in your life to help them through the coffee hour, uh, to <laughs> call their parents if you see them smoking, to help, uh, help raise them in the Christian faith? If that's your intention, say, we do. We do. And now let's sing to them. We'll sing, Jesus loves me. Peace of the Lord be with you. Share a peace and greeting with one another.
Real quick. Thank you, uh, thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. After the service, come on over into the coffee hour. Cinnamon rolls, fresh cinnamon rolls this morning. Caffeine and sugar, that's our, that's the theme in the uh, coffee hour this morning, so do come over for that. Uh, get to know each other, share a little time together. We'd appreciate you doing that. That is an important part. Uh, we, send, we send checks off almost every week here, but we just wanted to pull one up for you. This check we sent off this week, $8,000 to ELCA World Hunger. Uh, blessed to be a blessing. We do this uh, together as a congregation, and this was uh, $8,000 sent off this week. Uh, not our first check this year to World Hunger, but important uh, nonetheless. Uh, we're also celebrating today, Drew Stats. Drew, it's your birthday. How old are you, Drew? 14 already? 14 already? And when you were born, uh, Trudy, you were 83 when Drew was born. Trudy Martin is here. Drew, stand up. Stand up. Come on down here. Come on, you can move fast. Come on. Trudy, you don't need to move fast. Just stand up. <laughs> Come on over here, Drew. These two are celebrating birthdays. Drew is 14. Trudy is 97. And, and Trudy lives in town now, but... Uh, she said for her birthday she wanted to come home to Trinity Lutheran Church and be with her church family. And, and we miss you. We miss you so much. And yeah. So you guys stand together. We're going to sing to them. Happy birthday. Put your arm around her. I'm going to call on Miss Lana, see what she's up to. Okay, two quick announcements. Number one, I think that's okay. Um, the June luncheon is this Thursday, June 15th at noon. And uh, the theme is Hello Summer. So, you know, think of those things that you love to eat during the summer. Bring those dishes. There's a sign up out in the narthex. If you could do that, that'd be great. Okay, next one. Sorry. Okay. So the signups for volunteering are out in the gym. Just going to tell you if you were serving coffee today, you'd already be in there eating your cinnamon roll. Just small detail. Um, and, you know, when you want to see my next headband, I need to have all of July filled up, and Marcy Bovitz has made a beautiful one for next month. So, just saying, please go in and sign up. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. As Deacon Amy is coming up to share a few words with you, you can sign up for summer music out in the narthex. Sign up for summer music. We'd love to hear you play, sing, whatever. Right, good morning. 
So our youth groups are continuing through the summer. Our high school students meet on Sunday mornings. We're meeting at 12 o'clock today. And our middle school students meet on Wednesday afternoons at 4 o'clock. So if you have any students in your life who want to just get together and have fun and play games, come join us or come see me if you have any questions. And then Vacation Bible School is coming up July 17th to the 21st. So we have um, sign-up sheets for that. Registration papers are available in the Narthex. For both VBS, which is for our pre-K through fifth grade kids, uh, 9 o'clock to noon, and then VBS Day Camp, which is for our 6th through 12th grade kids, and that's from 8.45 to 3.30, so we help out with VBS in the morning and then stay for field trips and fun activities in the afternoon. And there's also some half-sheet sign-up sheets for volunteers, so if you're able to come help a day or two or stay for the week, I would love to have you here. So come and see me if you have questions or want more information about any of that. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Deacon Amy. After the service, uh, you can get coffee. If you want to come back in, we're going to have an action-packed mid-year congregational meeting, regularly scheduled, so come back in if you'd like for that, uh, right as soon as we can turn things around after the service. So get your coffee, get a uh, cinnamon roll. You can bring it in here. No rules. Um, all right. We're going to transition towards the end of the service with a transitional piece, uh, a good word for this week. Try a little kindness you have a refrain to sing you see your brother standing by the road with a heavy load from the seeds he's sold and if you see your sister falling by the way just stop and say you're going the wrong way you got to try a little kindness, yes, show a little kindness. Just shine your light for everyone to see. And if you try a little kindness, then you'll overlook the blindness of the narrow-minded people on the narrow-minded streets. Don't you walk around the down and out? a helping a hand instead of doubt and the kindness that you show every day will help someone along life's way you've got to try a little kindness yes show a little kindness shine your light for Yeah. 
If it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. As we pray together, as Jesus taught us, uh, the Lord's Prayer, we'll sing the prayer as Carl has put to music. doesn't end here, it begins here. So I would encourage you to take your faith, your baptism out those doors this week to wherever God puts you. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right. The big ending from the hillbilly Shakespeare, Hank Williams, I Saw the Light.
Evermore, we will serve God. 